FDN. And I was looking at different programs. And what I loved about FDN that to me was a complete game changer is, is the ability to integrate the functional labs um, to help my clients really get to the bottom that, you know, those root cause heal, uh, healing opportunities in the body. Like I wanted to um, biohack someone's biochemistry. You know, how do we do that? We do that with data, um, which is going to look different for everybody else. And so um, FDN completely changed my life. It changed the trajectory of my career. Like seriously, um, I was a nonprofit fundraiser um, in the PR world. I was an elementary school teacher. I've had my own photography business for 10 years. Um, I like to dabble, with, but, but this is like the best way I can explain it is I finally figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. What is going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we are talking to an acquaintance of mine, Becca Kyle. She is an FDN. She's been doing this for a few years now. And even though it's only been for the last few years and she's done a variety of other things, including be a teacher, she now does FDN full time. This is the only job that she needs for money and she's able to do it successfully. I think that's pretty cool. Now, What's also interesting is, like all of us, she has a relatively extreme health story um, going through different things, the cycle of trial and error, all stuff and concepts that you guys have heard before, so I won't bore you with that, but her story itself is very interesting, and then I always find it cool how these people go from these health challenges, then go on to do FDN, they learn a little bit more about their health, and voila, all of a sudden they're able to do this as full-time, legitimate income from anywhere in the world. And if you're a new listener, this might seem like I'm going through a little too quick, but the point is we consistently put out these stories and there's been quite a few people, you know, that listen to the podcast and are still a little hesitant about whether it's right for them. I mean, all you have to do is listen to about 10 or 15 of these things and we have well over 160, uh, maybe 130, 140 interviews at the time of recording this to realize, wow, there are a variety of personalities that do this, a variety of backgrounds. Some had large amounts of business experience. Some had literally none and had worked a job their entire life. Nothing wrong with that, but many FDNs go out and do start their own business, so it's certainly different, that's for sure. And yet all of them have been able to take this and do this as a full-time thing. Some are going to get there quicker than others, but the point is it's a system that is good enough for anyone to be able to do this and make a reasonable living. So that sounds pretty cool to me. Make a reasonable living, get your health under control, and actually help people do something meaningful instead of just clocking hours somewhere, right? <laughs> it's kind of how I like to live my life. It's kind of weird thinking about the idea that I can't even imagine the idea anymore of going out and doing things that I don't want to be doing for money. And I think so many people have been just completely indoctrinated with the idea that work has to be something 
that we resent. Work has to be something that we'd rather not be doing. Work is just this essential part of life that everyone's got to do. We all complain about and then we go home and we use forms of escapism to get away from the work that we hated and then we wake up and go do the exact same thing tomorrow. Well, I don't know about you, I'm planning on dying one day. That doesn't sound like a particularly good way to spend my limited time here until I do die. <laughs> so maybe we should try to work our way out of that and figure out something cool to make money. And there's people in life who do think of that and they try to weasel their way out of it, right? They have no interest in providing good service to other people and they'll do anything for a quick buck. And then there's people like FDNs, there's millions of people out there like this in different industries that say, okay, cool. Well, what I'm gonna do is become highly skilled in something actually useful, something that provides service to others. And then I'm gonna go out and charge accordingly for it. And people are gonna pay it with a smile on their face because they're getting something of value. And I'm gonna be able to make a good living doing it. That is a smart way, in my opinion, even as someone who's young, to live our lives. Seems to be working for me. And I hope that it starts to work for you if you're someone who's considering it. So today's cool because, again, you'll hear about Becca's health story, but then you'll also hear how she was able to turn this around rather quickly into a very successful business. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right. Hey there, Becca. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey. Happy to be here. Excited to be here. Yeah, this is always cool. Um, I say this all the time on the show, but everyone knows these are my favorite types of podcasts. And it's when I get to talk to a fellow functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who, you know, I know we, we've seen each other plenty of times throughout the world of FDN, but it's not like we've ever gotten to sit down or get on the phone and actually truly talk about um, how we got into this. And it makes for a fun conversation that the audience ends up loving. So what we'll do today is we'll start in the same way that we usually start on this podcast. I would like to know, when did your health symptoms start and what did they look like at the time? Ah, well, my health symptoms started as a child. I was a medical mystery from the beginning. Um, lots of uh, chronic um, fatigue, chronic low-grade fevers. I got tested for lupus and leukemia and all the things and nobody could figure anything out. Um, got better um, as an adolescent somewhat. Um, and then probably post-college is when it really started to tank because um, I just ran myself ragged. My lifestyle choices were not the best. And my body started to to take a hit there with um, adrenal symptoms and fatigue and migraines and, and whatnot. And so it's kind of been a lifelong journey for me. Gotcha. Um, same boat for me. It happened at a young age. And I think that makes it even more confusing, right? It, it's thankfully yeah. getting a little better nowadays. I think parents are more open and aware mm -hmm. of holistic stuff, but we still, I mean, as we know, we got a heck of a long way to go. I'm always curious too of like the perspective back then when I mean, you were a medical mystery, I get that. But as a young person, let's say even like early teenage years, were you under the impression that this is just something that happened to you? Did you think it was weird? Did you think it made sense? Like what, what is your mindset back then when this is going on? Um, I think I just felt that, well, this is me. This is how I am. This is, this is what, uh, this is my lot in life, right? So I need to figure okay. out how to just function, um, and deal with what, um, what I experience. I didn't see there being, um, a, you know, a simple fix or lifestyle fixes or, um, you know, the opportunity to really make a whole lot of change at the time. Um, I also too, as an adolescent, um, I've always been very driven, um, mm -hmm. interested in too many things sometimes. And even in high school, I didn't get a lot of sleep. I was active in a lot of different types of organizations and really started to 
uh, burned the candle at both ends at that age mm. and never really stopped <laughs> until I okay. really realized how detrimental that was to my house. Um, but no, at the yeah. time, it was just like, this is just my life. This is how it is. Okay. Got it. I think, um, yeah, we're already even more similar than I would have thought because I feel like type A personalities are overrepresented in FDN and our clients. Mm. And I don't think it means that because you're type A, you're going to get chronic disease. I just think it's one more stressor on the body in an already toxic modern world. And so, of course, these people are going to be more likely to get this stuff. And I I completely understand that. Like I was dealing with these symptoms and then I'm a hard worker. I am driven like Mm -hmm. you, right? And then Mm -hmm. so you're trying to do these things that you think you're supposed to do. Like I'll lose a little sleep to work or I'll, I'll wake up earlier and earlier. And it's completely the opposite of what someone with chronic health issues should be doing. So it's cool now that people like us are out there that help people balance this. You can be a hard worker and driven. I, I got goals, man. That's that's all good. But we don't have to kill ourselves on the way to do that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's exactly. not going to make the goal so worth it if you're dead. Um, well, and then it's going to make it ask, harder. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, it's going to make it like the the effort being, you know, being in strain. It's going to take five to ten times the effort to do the same thing as if you were, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if you weren't so um, adrenally challenged. Sure. I asked... Um, about the perspective with the thing, because I think it's an important point because as a kid, right, especially if you grow up with something, uh, there's kids, unfortunately, I've talked to you before because I, I do a lot of work with kids that, I mean, they've had abuse when they were younger and they didn't even realize that was yeah. abnormal until they went mm-hmm. to their friend's house and realized, oh, you know, their dad doesn't talk to them that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they didn't understand that, right? So I think we grow up with these things. We, we do think they're normal. And then for some of us, for whatever reason, we have a moment or an influence that allows us to kind of think outside of the box. So as you're going through these years and years of health issues, what was the point where you finally started like maybe thinking outside of conventional medicine and thinking maybe I need to do something else? Uh, It was uh, the summer after my senior year of college and I got my first food sensitivity test done. And realized that I had these foods that were driving a lot of my symptoms. And when I cut them out, I felt so much better. And I thought to myself, while that wasn't easy, it was simple. And I started looking for more little simple biohacks for um, being able to function better. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was probably about 22 years old and thought, huh, well, if this works so well, what else is out there? Okay. I guess I, I don't want to just seem like I'm honing in on that point, but to me, it's so interesting these these moments because I want to provide them for people somehow, even with this mm-hmm. podcast or social media stuff that we do at FDN. I'm like, how can we get this mindset shift um, to happen earlier so that people don't have mm-hmm. to go through years of this? So you got the food sensitivity test. That's great. But what what made you do that? Was it like good advertising? Like not everyone that gets advertised, that's going to do it. So why did Becca do that? You know, it was really um, slowing down enough to listen to my body. And I realized, okay, when I ate this and this, I felt terrible, but I wasn't sure why. Um, And so, you know, when you're you're going, going, going so fast and you're doing so many things that you, you don't have the capacity to just listen to your body because symptoms are just our body's way of communicating to us. And my body had been communicating to me for a while. I just finally slowed down enough to listen to it. So I think it's just a matter of realizing symptoms aren't normal and they're how our body communicates with us, listening enough to being mindful enough um, to understand there's something going on here and I'm going to dive deeper into it. 
Okay, cool. So cool. That, that listening to your body, you, you kind of intuitively knew, all right, I'm not reacting well to certain foods. And then I'm sure we see the food sensitivity test and logically makes sense. Okay, well, I'm sensitive to foods and then we get it connected. That's very cool. Um, it was about the same age range for me as well, where I was like in my mm-hmm. late teens, early twenties. And I just, I had a moment too, where I'm saying this doesn't make sense. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. get how I could be this sick. I didn't know a lot of people who were like that other than my family members. And of course, like I'm being told in science class, I remember at 16 is when I had the first thought, um, although I didn't act on it as a 16 year old at the time, admittedly, (laughs) but the first thought I was having Becca was when my my science teacher was teaching us about uh, natural selection and evolution and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. This is interesting. I like science, but what didn't resonate with me is I was being told that I was in this classroom right now because my ancestors had the best of the best genes and I am the product of that today. And all of us in that classroom were. And I'm looking around the classroom and I always specify this, I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I'm just being objective. I had cystic acne. There's a kid super overweight over there. He needs an inhaler. This kid gets medication every morning. Otherwise, he's going to die. That is the best of the best genetically. Right. And so I'm not saying I didn't believe the natural selection uh, selection thing. I'm saying I didn't buy into the idea that this was the best and we were all sick. I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what piece is missing here, but we're missing something. So you do the food sensitivity test. Um, thankfully, it's it's doing something, right? And that's what's really mm-hmm. powerful for so many of us. Even if that only helped someone 10%, once right. you start moving that needle in the right direction, when you suffered as long as you did, mm-hmm. it's empowering, man. Um, and oh, so yeah. I know that you had kind of already mentioned those things, but what, what were some of the next most helpful things? Like how did that evolve from just food sensitivity testing? You know, it was really um, getting to the point where I wanted to start having children. And I just assumed um, that it would be easy. This is what we do. This is something that women can just do, right? Um, And it wasn't. And I struggled with um, um, fertility, had a lot of miscarriages. And um, it really made me, it gave me pause. And I thought, okay what's going on here? What, what underlying dysfunction is happening in my body to create, um, this disconnect with, with being able to, um, you know, have children. And then I just, I just dove right in because it was such um, a motivating thing for me. You know, before then it's like, I'll just make it through and I'll, you know, I'll be okay. And I'll just, you know, sleep late on Saturday and I'll deal with it. But it wasn't until, till this moment in my life where I thought, this is, this is, this is so important to me. Um, I knew I wanted to be a mom from since I was a young child and the thought of that not happening just devastated me. And so I dove in deep, I dove in deep to genetics. I dove in deep to gut health. I dove in deep, um, to stress reduction. I dove in deep to all the things. And, you know, I think, I think that's very common for a lot of us is that all of a sudden something motivates you, whether it's, you know, someone, you know, gets really sick or, um, you have an opportunity for a new job, but you know, at this moment, you don't have the capacity for it because you're so exhausted, whatever that is that motivates you. That was my motivation at the time. Um, and it was quite the education and, um, and it just, it just changed my life. And that's when I fell in love with this whole concept of functional health. I was like, Oh, and I mean, I just, um, it just shifted my whole world in such a positive way. 
turning pain into purpose. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I appreciate you bringing up the the miscarriage thing because that's not an easy thing for, I don't care how many people talk about it. It's not easy to talk about. It shouldn't be underplayed just because it's common to uh, to deal with nowadays. And especially as a male, I always want to be sensitive with how I word this. But from a biological perspective, I really hope people think about this. Again, I'm a spiritual person. I know some people are religious that listen. So I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about from a biological perspective, Let's call it what it is, guys. There's about two things that we're here to do. We're here to, you know, have fun with another human being <laughs> and <laughs> ideally create offspring in some way right. and, and help that offspring thrive. So it's a very essential thing. And I think we need to really, again, in the least um, offensive, most sensitive way possible, we need to all use our heads and think if I'm 27 or 25 or even 30 and I'm having multiple miscarriages or I can't get pregnant. You need to think like Becca, this doesn't make sense. I should be Mm -hmm. able to do this. In fact, biologically, as a man and woman creating this, it's the main reason I'm here. So if I can't do that, that would probably be a big clue that something's Mm -hmm. going on. So I I admire you for that. And I hope that that message is well received for people because it's just, it's a healing opportunity. You can change these things around as you did. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's cool. Did you get into FDN right away or did you do any other certifications first? Like how did, how did you approach this from like a truly educational standpoint? This was, I I, I kind of self-educated. I have a dear friend who's um, a functional nutritionist and I was just like, Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? And just, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just got into full tilt research mode, started doing some testing with her um, and really realized how long I had been living in um, sympathetic dominance and fight, fight, or uh, fight, flight, or freeze. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when you're in that, when you're in that constant stress activation, your body is not interested in making babies because it's not safe. It's not biologically safe because I've been telling my body for years, hey, it's not safe to make a baby right now. So let's just jack up your hormones a little bit so that can't happen, right? Um, and so it really wasn't until um, uh, my my last miscarriage. When I when I talk about miscarriage, I do it wholeheartedly because I don't ever want any woman to feel alone in it, um, and that I think it should be common conversation because it is so common. And yes, it is um, devastating and heart wrenching. But the more we talk about it, the fewer women will feel alone in their own experiences. And so it was after my last one that I was like. I can't, I can't not do something about this anymore. Um, and I was able to conceive my last child and, um, I was like, I I have to, I I was so, um, led to help other people with these issues. Um, I, I kind of not fixed myself, but I'd I'd done enough on myself to get to where I wanted to be in a lot of ways. And I knew, um, and I've always felt that I go through experiences so I can help others. It's always just been a thing, like if something like really um, not fun happens, I think, well, that's cool. I can I can use this to help somebody else um, on their journey. And that's when I dove into FDN. I thought I experienced this lifetime of craziness, health things for a reason. And now I can take all of that experience and all that drive and all that motivation and all that tenderness I feel, especially towards other women in these situations. And I can dive into a program that gives me the capacity and the ability and the education and the tools to change the world for a better. Mm-hmm. Um, and FDN was the perfect fit. I was like, and before I really started researching, I didn't even know something like this was an option for me. I mean, right. I have an undergraduate degree in public relations. I have a graduate degree in elementary education. You know, like I, I've always loved um, 
you know, health related things, but didn't know it was an option. And when I realized I can do this, I mean, it was a no brainer. It was an absolute no brainer. <laughs> I was like, sign me up right now. <laughs> I, I admire so much the idea of really embodying because you can tell with your passion that you actually use the whole everything happens for a reason thing in your life. And it took me a while to do that. I encourage people to do this and people, what's the biggest argument? Well, you can't prove that everything happens for a reason. You do not need to believe in it to actually mm-hmm. use it. That's the best part. Yes. If I just act like everything happens for a reason, this is all about the mindset of it. Mm-hmm. You can shift the mindset without actually even believing it. That's the beautiful part. And so now I'm actually more prone to believing that because of, again, just certain beliefs that I have personally. But I started out as someone who did not have those beliefs at all. And I said, okay, well, I can either be miserable uh, miserable about this and sit on the pity potty all day. Or I can say, all right, well, where is the opportunity here? Can I actually use this to serve someone else? And it creates a richness to life that I don't think many people get to experience. So for some people like us, I mean, just all of FDN, let's be honest, these people have the craziest stories and that you get people on this podcast who are some of the happiest, most passionate, fulfilled people you've ever met. And so it's like tough to say, like, would I go back and change anything? I don't think so because I'm really happy with where I'm at now. And now we serve this role in the world where, you know, we might help five people. We might help 5,000. It's nothing to do with the number. It's just the impact that you have on those people's lives from the work that we get to do. I mean, you're legitimately changing lives, if not saving them sometimes, depending on what we're offering here. How long did it take, um, Becca, from the last miscarriage to being able to um, have a successful pregnancy? Um, it was, uh, so it was in April or it was an, it was in an April and then I got pregnant in August. So, um, and it was, it was at that time that I really started to support my genetics. I mean, hmm. I'd known about some stuff, but it was like, okay, I got to dive into this. And it turns out, of course I had an, uh, MTHFR variant. I had all these things, um, that, and then that were, um, impacting, you know, my hormones. And, um, when I really just dove in to supporting my genetics, which doesn't get much more foundational than that, um, it, it shifted so many things for me. Um, and, uh, and I'd taken it sort of seriously before, but not like really seriously. Um, and I, I, it's one thing that I work with, um, women with today. Like I try to do a genetics test on every person because, um, it is so fascinating how once you, once you know what your genetic predispositions are, you can support them with lifestyle. You can honor your body. And so I really chose to dive in and honor my body and support it on, um, such a foundational level. And when I did that, um, I had, um, no problem getting pregnant. I could get pregnant all day long. I just couldn't make it stick. Um, so I got pregnant, (laughs) made it stick. Um, and now I have a beautiful, my third boy, um, nice. and it's, he completed our family and, um, it's just, um, it, I, 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 I'm like you, I don't think I would have gone back and changed anything if, even if I could, because everything I experienced, every little bit and peace and heartbreak and, and, and success, um, really created who I am today. And mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be nearly as driven or passionate to help people if all those things hadn't happened to me. And what I love about this is it's not just helping five people or one person. It is to me about creating, and this is why I love focusing on women. It's about creating a legacy of generational health for families, because once one person in the family learns this stuff, has the tools, has the capacity to change their health, they change their children's health. And then these children, this generation of children grow up 
understanding these things and pass it on to their own children. And so it's about it's about a generational legacy to me, um, not just about one percent or five people. Well, if you're trying to do something that can help that generational legacy, then you might want to consider the FDN course. And what you can do is go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN. It'll let you try the course completely for free. There's no credit card required. It is literally a way to try the beginning of the course for free. And I can pretty much guarantee it'll be clear one way or another as to whether or not this course is for you based on just doing that. So if you're someone that's interested in this, you could rule it out or in pretty quickly by doing that. That's fdntraining.com slash try FDN. Okay, now back to the episode. Okay, interesting perspective with that. And I feel like that it actually happens a lot with the moms because my, my grandmother on my mom's side, uh, she type two diabetic for 40 years back up somehow has never had like anything removed, thankfully, but she that's has amazing. had a heart attack and well, I mean, she also, it's even more amazing when you realize she still drinks Pepsi. Like she has no interest in changing and has not had an interest in changing in 40 years. Um, okay. When she calls, sometimes, <laughs> she calls sometimes, I love this woman to death, but she'll call and she's talking all crazy. And I'm like, Pie Pie, that's her nickname, by the way, is Pie Pie, mm-hmm. because that's how I identified her when I was a kid, because she would eat these tasty cake pies all the time. And oh, she loves so the name. She embodies this. Okay. And I'm like, Pie Pie, did you check your blood sugar recently? And she's like, no, I'm like, can you please check it and just stay on the phone with me? Becca, I swear on my life, I cannot even tell you how many times we've had these calls where she's pushing a 400 on her glucometer walking around the house. And I'm like, oh, gee, God is watching you. If God exists, he is watching you because I do not know how you have maintained this for 40 years. Um, But my point is she had a lot of illness and then she had my mom and my mom was pretty sick from not day one per se, but like you know, 10 years in, 15 years in, starting to deal with stuff and of getting all these root canals before the age of 20, like oh. teeth decay, whatever. And then I came out and now I'm obviously not a woman, but five years old, I'm already having panic attacks. I'm having severe GI issues. And so I love this aspect that you have of the generational thing because you're right. Because because of someone not getting the proper information at one point, mm-hmm. it affected the next one. Uh, she didn't get it either. So we'll remove her thyroid eventually. And then we'll go to this next one. And Thankfully, uh, we have the education to break the cycle. So I want to touch on the genetics if we can, because that's not something that comes up a lot on the podcast. And I I find it interesting. I I actually uh, believe in that as well. I I use it too. Um, Which, like, so for, let's just break it down, actually, I guess. For someone that maybe is thinking genetic testing and they're like, well, is that like 23 and me? How is um, how is the standard stuff different from what you do in your practice? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not interested in genetics that tell you if you have a widow's peak or or if your eyes are blue or brown, like that's not what we're talking about. Um, I'm talking about kind of think of it as like the top 40 of health and wellness related genetics. So we're looking at Mm -hmm. um, predispositions for nutrient and mineral deficiencies. We're looking at how your body responds to certain foods. We're looking at really what are the best carbohydrates and types of fats for you. We're looking at um, how your body tends to have an abundance or a deficiency in neurotransmitters, which impacts your mood. Um, We're looking at histamine, um, you know, things that, you know, I think a long time ago, people thought, well, my grandpa had a heart attack, so I'm going to have a heart attack. It's not like that anymore. You know, you cannot change your genetics, but you can change how they how they present in your body. It's like switching a light switch on and off um, with lifestyle. So so it's you know, it's not it's not 23 me. It's not going to give you a lot of information that makes absolutely no difference in your life. Yes, you can look at your face and say, yes, I have blue eyes. Who cares, right? It's really about dialing it in to the genetics that you can do something about to create better 
Um, you know, it's like when I realized I had a PEMT variant that impacts my um, cells, you know, just like you can have leaky gut, you can have leaky cells. And so once I started supporting that PEMT variant, um, you know, that impacted my energy levels, that impacted my ability to detox, that also imp impacted um, my methylation cycle, which we can go into that a whole nother time. But, um, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to me. And then when I, when I look at someone's genetics test and then look at their functional lab works, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, you're predisposed to um, low B12. Oh, look here, your B12 is low. And it's not always tit for tat. And that's why I love looking at genetics and you always want to see here's your predispositions, but now here's how it's playing out in real life currently for you. Right. Um, but it's, it's just such a beautiful way to connect, uh, to connect more health dots. And, um, and the beautiful thing is too, is you only have to do this test once <laughs> your genetics aren't going to change. Um, and I mm -hmm. recommend families get, I've had all three of my boys tested. It's a cheek swab. It's non-invasive, but I know how as a parent, um, to support my children's genetics. And I'm going to teach them along the way, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're having anxiety. Well, you've been having a lot of high tyramine foods lately. You know, it's like teaching them those little tips and tricks um, to best, to just create their own best health. I want my children to leave the house someday. They will be leaving my house um, and <laughs> have such an, yeah, such an in-depth, powerful understanding of how to create their best health. So when they are 18 cool. and they go off, um, you know, they're not starting at zero like I was, you know, they're starting mm -hmm. maybe 50. Um, and it just, it just, it gives them, I think the best opportunity to, to um, have an amazing life. You mentioned the uh, correlations that you're seeing between the functional lab testing, the foundational lab testing that we run at FDN and the gene testing. And that's one of the reasons that I have utilized it in my own practice. Um, and just for people that are in, because we have a lot of trainees that listen to the group, mm. uh, listen to the podcast, Becca, and then people that haven't even taken the course yet. Uh, just to be clear in the FDN program, and we've talked about this in a separate podcast. So go back to maybe six or seven ago, Reed Davis is on. It says founder of FDN explains all five labs. Check that out. We do teach a foundational set of labs, which are very useful, but we also give you access to a lot of different things and you have the flexibility to take different routes with this. So um, because of our, our friend Piper Gibson, she was on the podcast before, mm -hmm. we actually have access to genetic testing as FDNs, even if you're not a doctor, once you graduate through our medical director program. So um, that's where I get it. And I find it is really useful. I had a, a client, um, Becca, that and she shares this publicly, so I'm using her name. Her name's Shannon. Mm -hmm. She had this ankle pain for like 13 years. This is a, a thin woman, fit in shape, you know, but she could not dull the pain without severe uh, steroids and medication. Mm. And so we ran the, the test. And then I got the consult with Piper because I was still pretty new to the gene testing at the time. And she said, all right, well, you have a couple interesting things here, Ev. First of all, Shannon cannot produce glutathione as well as other people. So it's an antioxidant for uh, the sake of the conversation today. And then she said, but here's something really interesting, and I don't see this one a lot. This genetic SNP right here is actually the ability for the body to get glutathione into the joints. So she said, so you have someone that can't produce as much as the average person if they're not healthy and then can't get it in as well to the joints. So I said, wow, like, okay, this is crazy. So we got her on um, some mega IgG 2000 just to help with extra toxins in the body. But then I also said, do me a favor and try this glutathione. And she was using this liposomal, uh, liposomal glutathione, and I think she got an IV at one point. And yeah. did it uh, fully get her? No. I mean, this is a severe case, but it was like 50% better, 50% better in a matter of weeks. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she didn't need the medication to get through her day anymore. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, like where else would I have seen this? So I, I really believe in what you're doing here. I mean, that I wouldn't have seen that on any other functional test personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 such a sneak peek into pieces of someone's biochemistry that you aren't going to get otherwise. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it, it goes right back to that test don't guess philosophy. Like, you know, yes. someone's in chronic pain for, for, you know, majority of her life. Well, why? And, you know, you can't figure it out. And, and, you know, that's that one, that one test, those two markers, like just mind blowing how eye opening that is. And it gives the, the data. I, I love data. I am so data driven. I am a self-proclaimed science nerd. Um, but the data gives us the tools to take very strategic, very specific action steps. Yes, there are foundational um, aspects of health that can benefit everyone, but but it's those data-driven um, action steps that really are life-changing for people. Okay. Now, I'd love to hear your philosophy on this because, and, and I don't think there's a right or wrong, I, I hear debate about this, and that's why it's cool to have different perspectives on the podcast. Yeah. Some people believe that if we were doing you know, everything right. And this, they claim that this is possible in today's world, that the genetic testing wouldn't even really be necessary. Do you believe that the genetic testing because of the state of today's world is always, because you said that you'd like to run this on every woman that comes to Mm -hmm. you. Now they're also sick though. Do you think there is a benefit to having it ran on everyone because it might just not be possible to live perfectly quote unquote in today's world? Because I've heard that argument and I honestly think that's kind of a solid one. So I'm curious what you think about that. I think every single person, regardless of how healthy they are or if they're doing everything right, um, can benefit from understanding their genetics. Because here's the thing. Maybe you spend five years doing everything right, being super healthy, and then life happens. You have an extremely life-changing, stressful event, Um, you know, a death in the family or a a job loss or whatever. Well, as we know, stress is cascades into all these potential health issues. Um, and so while, yeah, life might be perfect for whatever amount of time and you're doing everything's right thing, right. Um, life is going to happen. It it will Mm -hmm. at some point and understanding how to support yourself in, um, those seasons, uh, I think is really helpful. And just because you're doing everything right, according to what you think that might be, doesn't mean you're not going to get exposed to toxins. Um, it's in the air we breathe. I mean, it's, you can do everything right and still build up a toxic burden. You can do everything right and still get exposed to something that can drive inflammatory processes in the body. Um, and then doing everything right isn't necessarily genetically appropriate for you. So I have histamine intolerance, genetically um, kind of based and then lifestyle exacerbated. Um, but so many high histamine foods are health foods avocados, spinach, tomatoes. Yeah, I'm doing everything right. I'm eating all these healthy foods. If I was to eat all of those healthy foods, I would have extreme fatigue, chronic migraines, joint pain, itchy skin. Um, So, and because I know genetically, I'm prone to histamine issues. I know those quote unquote healthy foods aren't for me. So yeah, I think there's always a place for understanding um, your genetics, no matter how healthy you think you are or how, um, you know, knowledgeable you are on, on quote unquote healthy lifestyle. Um, there's, there's always something to learn about everything. And if someone's telling you, I don't have anything more to learn. Well, that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation. 
Yeah. Yeah. Us FDNs have the opposite problem, right? Like, <laughs> you know, there's some of us that don't, I mean, we're thankfully, it seems like we overcame this, but I know these brilliant people that got like 10 certifications, including FDN, which in and of itself could be enough for starting yeah. a practice. And they still have never taken a client. I'm like, my friend, you have enough knowledge to help a lot of people, you know, yeah. and, and you should always keep learning. I still do this to this day, like you said, but we also, yeah, we have to draw that line of like, okay, we can go help people now while also improving our, ourselves. So it's kind of mm-hmm. funny how that gets drawn. And I'm curious about FDN because you, from my understanding, were probably in a completely different career path than at one point. Yes. So how did FDN impact your ability to do this as actual work? Because I'm, from my understanding, oh, you're gosh. doing this full time, right? I am doing it full time. Um, and, um, you know, prior to FDN, I was always... Um, researching and posting and sharing and people would are, were already coming to me like, Hey, Becca, what do you think about this? And, Oh, I just read about this. What do you think? Like I was already someone um, that just um, was a supportive person for that, t- those kinds of topics, just because I'd done I mean, hours and hours and days of research and learning. And I, I, I love reading like published medical journals and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what FDN did is it gave me one, the certification. So I have, um, you know, just the, the, the education, um, the, the business savvy, um, because I mean, I can science nerd it all day long, but how do you actually run a business? Right. Um, and it gave me the tools and the capacity and the confidence to turn this into a business. Um, there is absolutely no way I could be doing what I am right now, supporting the women I am right now, living my best life. Because let's face it, not everybody gets to um, make an income and a good income at that doing something they love. I mean, I feel so blessed that this is like, sometimes I like, I, I, I kind of get surprised, you know, I'm like, is this really what I get to do <laughs> and like support my family and create, um, you know, just this, this amazing career where no one decides my pay rate. No one decides the hours I work. Like I, I've always been a serial entrepreneur, not going to lie. Um, but this gave me finally my dream career, my dream job. Um, and um, there's absolutely no way it would have happened without FTN. And I was looking at different programs nice. And what I loved about FDN that to me was a complete game changer is, is the ability to integrate the functional labs um, to help my clients really get to the bottom that, you know, those root cause heal, uh, healing opportunities in the body. Like I wanted to um, biohack someone's biochemistry. You know, how do we do that? We do that with data, um, which is going to look different for everybody else. And so um, FDN completely changed my life. It changed the trajectory of my career. Like seriously, um, I was a nonprofit fundraiser um, in the PR world. I was an elementary school teacher. I've had my own photography business for 10 years. Um, I like to dabble, but but this is like the best way I can explain it is I finally figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And this gave (laughs) me the ability to do that. And it funnels everything in. You know, it funnels in all of my life experience, you know, and kind of gives me this beautiful outreach to the world. Yeah. I was, well, this is a heck of a testimonial, so that's awesome. But I was thinking this earlier too, and now you brought it up. When we were talking in the beginning about just loving our work and and stuff, um, I, 
I think it was a very worthy trade-off for the things that we've dealt with because for me, and I don't mean to be dramatic, but this is kind of how it felt. Like I really did not like my life for the first 18, Mm -hmm. 19 years of it. It kind of sucked. And many people, though, that's what they consider, unfortunately, the most fun times. You're a kid, you're playing, you're doing all this stuff. You go to college, you drink and Mm -hmm. do all this stuff. and, And it's supposedly the best years. And then I'm not saying universally, but I know too many people that they check out at 24, mm-hmm. 25, and they're going to go not really like the next 40, 50 years of their life. They're doing something they don't care about. They're not passionate about yeah. it. Maybe at best it pays the bills. At worst, it's not even covering the bills and you don't like it. Uh, Les Brown, motivational speaker, says most people die at 25 and they're buried at 75. And that's oh. really true. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a sad way to think about it. So I'm not trying to be pessimistic or negative here, but I'm actually encouraging people to think in the opposite way where we got to, I think this is an essential part of health that's not talked about a lot, I guess. Mm -hmm. You need to find something that you love because I feel like the most spoiled 20 something ever that, (laughs) like you said, it's genuine Becca, because you can't fake what we're doing right now with our voice and our energy. It's Mm -hmm. something that happens naturally when you're telling the truth. I don't even know what it's like to like, wake up and not go do what I want. Every day is just cool. right? Mm-hmm. I get to go help people. I love mm-hmm. talking to people like you. I'm getting paid to do that. That's that's a blessing. And so if you're out there listening and you have health challenges, which I'm assuming every listener probably has, otherwise you wouldn't be clicking on this. There is a beautiful side, um, other side to this, I should say, whether mm-hmm. it's through FDN or something else, that's fine with me. But just know, like, don't live in that negativity and the sickness there's a cool side to this where you will have more joy in your life and fulfillment than i think most people will ever get to experience and it's because of the things that we dealt with and then getting to that other side yeah and as someone who has had multiple jobs that i hated and that that i would literally be like just miserable driving to work or stuck in traffic for two hours on my commute i've lived that I have lived that life of a miserable job, a miserable commute. What am I doing with my life? Um, and it's depressing um, to to have it, that experience and to get to what get to do what I do now. That's why it, it's like I just kind of get shocked by it sometimes. Like this is yeah. my life. What's going on? You know? Yeah. Very special. So, So Becca, who who do you serve now? I mean, I know you said women, but like, Mm -hmm. obviously people have a niche usually and then conditions that they prefer to work with, even though FDN addresses everything. So who is is that niche for you? Like, who do you serve? You know, I love kind of my fellow type A driven um, woman. I I do work with some men, but it's primarily women. So I help, um, you know, go-getters, like people who are just going after their life. Um, but maybe who are experiencing some, um, some roadblocks in their, um, their path because of health issues. You know, I give them the tools to reach their peak performance um, in order to um, conquer those health issues that are slowing them down or holding them back. Uh, and so I work with a lot of um, high-level professional women who are like, I'm up for my next um, raise, um, but I'm so, I'm so tired my, my brain is not functioning. My productivity is less. My creativity is out the window. Or entrepreneurs who are like, I really want to take my business to the next level, um, but I feel stuck because I, I don't feel well. Or I really want to go to all of these um, you know, networking events, but my IBS is hijacking my life and I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, so, you know, a lot of uh, just, just a, a go-getter, a driven, passionate person who who wants to be a total badass in life um, and have it all. And I do believe, you know, you can have it all in your professional life and your personal life if you have your health 
if you don't have your health, you're not going to have anything. So um, I help women reclaim their health. And um, and this is also typically a target market who has tried all the things, all the gurus and not had success. And she wanted results last week. Right. So the programs that I designed for them um, are created to get fast results, to basically be able to fast track them towards the life that they dream of. Um, and it is just so much fun. Nice. The good news about the type A people like us is once you can show us a path that's actually going to work, we're going to do it better than anyone else. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the advantage of this yeah. personality type mm-hmm. is yep. we will do that thing that yep. you told us to do. And, mm. and, and that's that. So yep. um, what are some, to the degree that you're able to share, because I understand privacy and stuff, but are there any like one story or maybe a couple of stories of just great client testimonials or transformations that have happened throughout the years that uh, you love sharing with people? Because I think it's amazing yeah. what we're able to do as FDNs. You know, I, I love one of my clients who came to me. She's an entrepreneur, has her own business. And when she first contacted me, she said, I spend most of my days on the couch. I'm so exhausted. My anxiety is insane. Um, I'm hurt. I hurt. She had just chronic pain. Um, and um, I want, I have, you know, two small children and I literally can't do anything. I'm not present for my family and I'm certainly not growing my business. She said, she said, I want to take over to the world in my, in my business. And I said, let's get you there. And we ran, you know, the functional labs and we did the lifestyle. And, um, she actually posted the other day, it's about a year later. And she said a year later, I still feel better than I ever have in my life. And she is literally taking over the world in her business. Her children are thriving and she is just uh, such a light um, in the world. Um, I have another uh, client, another entrepreneur. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, um, she said she, you know, she'd been dealing with chronic debilitating anxiety, like soul crushing, can't function anxiety and fatigue, um, for, for really the previous like five or six years. And we did kind of the, the foundational labs, we were looking at food sensitivities and she, um, shifted, um, her, the way she, um, was nourishing her body to, um, reduce those um, uh, high sensitive uh, foods. And she texted me like a week later, she's Becca, I did what you said, but I feel worse. And I said, that's interesting. What did you shift from? Well, I, we know what you're taking out. What did you add in? What did you shift? About that same time, I got her genetics test in. And every single one of the foods that she shifted to was a histamine food. And she had all the predispositions for histamine intolerance. We took out, I said, client, this is going to get a little bit crazy for a little bit. Like we're going to, we're going to restrict you just short term, just we're doing a little experience mm-hmm. experiment within one week of her getting those high histamine foods out of her diet. The soul crushing anxiety she experienced for five or six years was gone, was gone. Wow. And um, so it's those, sometimes it's not this major, this major thing. Oh, we found all of these crazy things on your labs. Oh my gosh. You know, sometimes it's those tweaks, those tweaks that unless you have the data, you can't do, you can't suggest, you can't encourage. Um, and so, you know, most of my clients experience such an uptick in energy and mood. Uh, most of them are dealing with some form of anxiety or depression or just irritability. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the ability to to live their life on their terms um, without their symptoms holding them back. You know, these are go-getters. These are women who are going to change the world. And mm-hmm. once I give them the tools and the capacity, and they, they do the work. I mean, they have to do it. I just give them some tools and some some data and they take it and run with it. And I get so excited because I get to see now because of the work they put into themselves, how they can go 
can shift the world for the better. And, and, and wow. that, again, that, that uh, ripple effect, right, of, of all mm. the amazing lives they're going to impact. And that, like, I have goosebumps. It just makes me so excited. I love that you work with entrepreneurs because as one myself, I don't think there's anything. That's why I take the health stuff so seriously back. And mm -hmm. I know you do too, because that's our life, man. I love mm -hmm. creating it and doing these things and engaging with people and all that stuff. And it takes a lot of energy. It's perfectly mm -hmm. okay to live that way. But you, like you said, if you don't have your health, good luck. First of all, you're not mm -hmm. even going to be thinking about that anymore because you're going to be too yeah. worried. Second of all, you're just physically not going to be able to do it. So it always comes first. And perhaps it's a blessing in disguise that we learn that at an appropriate time because many entrepreneurs, they get too involved. They have their feet in so many different um, places and they're just running mm -hmm. around and then they get sick. And now mm -hmm. they do not know how to live a life where they can yep. manage all these businesses and stuff What with the sickness. So it's almost kind of a little better to have it first and then I never get sick again and I never take on too much. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. Exactly. Uh, one other question since we, we have a little more time than I expected. Um, I wanted to know if you've seen any common patterns on the tests and it doesn't have to just be the gene ones yeah. because I know that genetics are different and that makes sense, right. but I still find it, right, let's be honest. A lot of mental health patients have MTHFR things or uh, COMT stuff, right? So I'm curious like, with the people that you're working with, these super highly driven individuals mm -hmm. that also happen to have anxiety, other things, do you mm -hmm. notice any patterns on the functional labs, whether it's the genes or otherwise? Yeah. Um, most of them have some sort of uh, leaky gut going on. Um, some sort of a dysbiosis in the gut, you know, uh, overgrowths of um, opportunistic bacteria or um, parasites of that nature. Most of them have some sort of neurotransmitter imbalance, so that's impacting their mood. Um, most are not doing the little lifestyle tweaks and hacks to optimize digestion, maximize nutrient absorption. Um, almost all of them have pretty significant hormone imbalance. Um, it's, it's, it's like these, just these patterns that come over and over. And, you know, the most common thread is high stress and they're not taking the time for rest and play. They're not, um, they're living in that fight or flight. They're living in that um, sympathetic dominance, which then of course, you know, um, creates more gut dysfunction. It's just this vicious cycle. It's this vicious cycle. Um, one of my favorite though, genetic tests when it comes to move, or genetics marker is the MAOA um, genetic variant, which can lead to either higher levels of neurotransmitters or deficiency in their deficiencies in neurotransmitters. And what I love about that one is you can totally biohack that one with food. Um, so, you know, it could be something as simple as staying away from high tyramine foods, which is anything aged or smoked, um, you know, fermented. Um, so if someone's like, yeah, I eat like a smorgasbord of like, you know, um, you know, like a, like a meat and cheese tray every day because that's easiest. And, you know, all that's doing is deriving their anxiety. Um, yeah. I see a lot of actual uh, mold toxicity, a lot of mold issues with my clients driving that cognitive um, issues. And uh, pretty much every single person I test has got pretty significant mineral imbalances as well. And, you know, minerals are the spark, spark plug of life. You know, if your macro minerals are balanced, that's going to create so much fatigue. Um, your metabolism is going to take a hike, um, you know, and something as simple as, you know, being deficient in potassium can impact the ability for your adrenal and thyroid hormones to get into cells. So again, sometimes it's big things, but oftentimes it's these little tweaks you can make that have such a massive impact. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, where can people find you if they're interested in working with you? Okay. Yeah. Um, so my brand is Holistic Obsession. 
Um, and so my website is holisticobsession.com. Um, I, it took me a long time to come up with my brand name and I love, I love the word holistic. It's just because it encompasses so many different aspects of what I love to do. Um, and then one day I was in my kitchen, I was like mulling over some concept and I was like, man, Becca, you are obsessed with this stuff. And I thought, Oh, there we go. <laughs> holistic obsession, because I literally am obsessed with this, this type of thing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you can find me on um, Facebook at Holistic Obsession. My Instagram is My Holistic Obsession. Um, I, I did a short, uh, you know, attempt at TikTok. Haven't quite really you know, <laughs> worked that one out yet. Um, but you can access me, um, you know, pretty much anything you need through my website. And um would love to see you on social media. I have a free Facebook group, uh, Holistic Obsession Got Health 101. You know, check that out. I'm always posting and doing live videos and stuff in there. But um, cool. it's it's just I, I can't I just can't say enough how much I love what I get to do. And um, I'm that I am literally that girl at the party talking about gut health. So if I'm at a party with you, I apologize <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, doesn't everyone want to talk about your gut at a party? But apparently that is not yeah. the case, but that's okay. Yeah, SFDNs <laughs> are definitely known for bringing up these topics unprovoked, right? And then somehow wrapping these people into it. Now, what's cool is if you're a passionate yeah. person, you can get some people that might not normally care and maybe they don't care afterwards, but they at least respect it. That's what I find. There are certain people that I know they're never going to do a damn thing. My my grandmother, she's going to keep drinking her Pepsi and eating her cakes and candies. And that's fine. But I respect what you do, Ev. (laughs) You know, I I like the information. So thanks for sharing it with me. Exactly. I love Um, it. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Well, before we ever got on here, Becca had posted the other day about love and public speaking. I got to say, as a speaker myself, you just got it. You know, some people just have it. It's that energy. It's the fluency. It makes for a really engaging time. So it's cool. I want to wrap up today. Of course, we'll have all those links in the show notes, by the way, guys. So you can uh, reach out to Becca if you'd like to work with her. But what I want to finish with is our signature question on the Health Detective podcast. And it's always an interesting one because I I thought this was going to... I eventually thought this was going to burn out and that we'd be getting too many repeats and 160 something episodes in. I have literally almost never gotten a repeat, certainly not more than like two or three times. The question is this. If I could give you, Becca, in this case, a magic wand and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's actually do one thing or stop doing one thing, what is the one thing you'd get them to do? I would say make more time in your life rest and play. They are not luxuries. Um, They are necessities in your life. And if you are going, going, going and not resting and not playing, it's like kind of being in the stress-based tunnel vision. You're, you're missing um, really great answers um, to the problems that you're, you're having. But, you know, you can, creativity is in your peripheral vision. So you can kind of be like a racehorse with its blinders on, right? Um, and, and you're not seeing simple solutions that are just right outside, um, you know, those, those little blinders. And so when you activate that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest, when you rest, when you, when you play, when you add some expansiveness into your life um, is when things start to shift dramatically. And it's, it's all about reducing stress. And t- to me, Two of the easiest ways is making time for rest and making time for play. And that looks different for everybody. Um, It could be a 10-minute walk. It could be a coffee date with a friend. It could be like literally locking yourself in your bedroom away from your children for a 10-minute nap. Um, It could be painting a picture. I mean, there's no right or wrong way to rest and play. So figuring out how 
you know, what that looks like for you and actively participating in it. I know when you're stressed out, it's the typically rest and player, the first things to go. You stop doing all those things that used to, you know, delight you. Um, but when you bring them back in, um, everything starts to shift for the better. And everybody, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care, you know, you're, what you've got going on in your life. Um, you know, rest and play doesn't have to cost anything. Um, it doesn't have to take up hours of your day. It could be 10 minutes here, five minutes there. Um, and so it's just a matter of doing it. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode with Becca Kyle. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you liked the mix, especially, of kind of just a really interesting story of success in addition to achieving the health results that so many people have been able to get from the FDN system. If you like the information that we are sharing, please be so kind as to consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. If you would do that, we would love you even more than we already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again next time with yet another interview, but until then, take care.